religion hunting? Yeah. What's that? Well, it's just my life's journey finding a religion I connect with. Oh, all right. Hello, it's your host, Gabrielle, and today we will be exploring Sunni Islam. I'm very excited to dive into this one. I've learned so much about the history of Islam and Islamophobia, yet I fail to know its core beliefs. What does Islam feel like? What does it stand for? I'll be journeying to a mosque in Western Math with my friend Tasneem, and I'm going to speak to the vice president there about Islam and what it means to him. Later, Tasneem's father, a former Irish Catholic, is going to talk about why he made the life-changing decision to convert to Islam. What are the basics of Islam? What does it stand for? And why does it attract so many? Now, let's find out. Now, before we begin this religion hunt, let's rewind a bit. Before all this, I journeyed to Crash Course on YouTube to learn about the fundamentals of Islam. The five pillars of Islam are the basic acts considered obligatory, at least by Sunni Muslims. First is the Shahada, or the profession of faith. There is no God but God, and Muhammad is God's prophet. Second, Salah, or ritual prayer five times a day at dawn, noon, afternoon, sunset, and late evening, which are obligatory unless you haven't hit puberty, are too sick, or are menstruating. Keep it PG, thought bubble. Third, Psalm, the month-long fast during the month of Ramadan in which Muslims do not eat or drink or smoke cigarettes during daylight hours. Since Ramadan is a lunar calendar month, it moves around the seasons, and obviously it's most fun during the winter, when the days are shorter, and least fun during the summer, when days are both long and hot. Fourth is Zakat, or almsgiving, in which non-poor Muslims are required to give a percentage of their income to the poor. And lastly, Hajj, the pilgrimage to Mecca that Muslims must try to fulfill at least once in their lives provided they are healthy and have enough money. And before that, I watched this video called The Life of Muhammad. I think it was meant for children, but I'm basically at the level of that when it comes to any religion. So Muhammad was an orphan raised in Mecca. He was born in 571 AD. At the time, Mecca was run by really abusive and powerful families. The people there worshipped like over 300 gods and they had idols all over the place. It was really hard to follow. But then... Then he heard the voice of the angel Gabriel commanding him to recite. I cannot recite, Muhammad said. The angel took hold of him and said, recite after me. And Muhammad recited the words that the angel had taught him. Muhammad and his followers were persecuted in Mecca, so they moved to Medina, a city up north. There, the people loved Muhammad and all became Muslim when he taught them the five pillars and communicated to them the words of God. When the faith had spread rapidly and the community grew large, Muhammad led them all into battle against the people of Mecca who had abused him and his followers. They took the city and then it became the holiest city to Islam. All right, so currently at Tasneem's house. Uh, we're gonna get ready for prayer time. Before praying, Muslims wash their body. It's called making wudu. My friend Tasneem walked me through it. Something on Pinterest for you that tells you the steps oh so it's like this so first hands well first you say bismillah and then bismillah and then you do hands three times so you just go like no 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 just water just water yeah and if you're in the desert and there's no water around you can do it with sand or dirt oh. but i don't know how you do it in mouth there but i think okay. you skip that step 
So you just go one, two, three. Okay, and it's just one. Oh, and then ear one, and then ear one, and then feet. Some people put it like in the sink, but I just like. I guess I'll put it in the sink. And it's right, I don't want right to get it like. Do you feel like you're in the serious bathroom? Yes. <laughs> Tasneem referred to the poem, My Grandmother Watches Her Feet in the Bathroom at Sears by Moha Kaf. In this poem, a Muslim-American's grandmother is making wudu in a public bathroom in Sears in an effort to preserve her culture despite society's pressures to conform to a universal, materialistic culture. Technically, next time you made wudu, you wouldn't have to do your feet. You could just rub over the sock. Like, just put water, like, slightly on the sock. This is say the da, but I don't know. Say the da. Dua. It's like a dua. Da means like a prayer that you make. Like, oh, I'm there's like different ones that you can do for different things. So. <laughs> there's like a million. I'm so dumb. No, After making wudu, we got dressed. You want bedazzled or you want not bedazzled? <laughs> I like bedazzled. Purple, purple bedazzled, one of my favorites. Here you go. Tasneem taught me the different ways to put on and wear a hijab. I like sparkly side out. Uh, do I keep my hair in a bun? Yeah, it's best in a bun. Okay. Then Ooh. there's like a bunch of styles. You can just go like... Like this. I kind of take that. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Or you can do the same thing, but equal them. And then like two. And then we were on our way to the mosque. Okay, we approached the mosque. It's called the Islamic Society of Western Massachusetts. I actually went here on a field trip in seventh grade. It's a very modest building. There isn't much on the walls, and the outside is peach-colored. There were so many people of different ethnic groups. There were Saudi Arabians, Syrians, Pakistanis, Indians, African Americans, Indonesians. This actually relates to some of Sherman Jackson's argument in his academic paper called Islam and the Black American. He argued that Black American and immigrant Muslims are now formulating collective relationships with each other as they immerse themselves in Sunni Islam. He called this the third resurrection. We enter the mosque. We take off our shoes. We head to a separate room than all the men. Women and men aren't allowed to pray together in a mosque. They're normally separated. We get situated and put down our prayer rugs. Tazim taught me how to do a rakah, the bending over motion that Muslims do when they pray. So like, stand up, this, up, and then down, tw down, like, one, two, is one rakah. And oh. then you go up and you do that again, right? Then the Friday service began. The Imam spoke about making the world a better place. As people who influence this world, as people who control and run this world in a way which is beneficial for all those who inhabit this world. Not only for Muslims, not only for Arabs, not only for Indians, not only for Pakistanis, not only for, for Americans, for everybody, Muslim, not Muslim. He talked about how everyone has desires. You just said somebody follows the desire is bad. I was saying somebody follows the desire is good. How? Because of the desire. What is the desire? He said there are those who have good desires to help people and to be successful and to follow God's path. Those people should pursue their desires.
Then there's people with desires to sin and to disobey God. Those people have to control and suppress their desires. But then he said this, which really resonated with me. He just encouraged everyone to have a clean and kind life. And I actually never realized how easy that sounded until now. My point is, tell me, what is so painful about living a life which is free from lying and free from cheating, from a life which is compassionate, a life which is kind, a life where you smile at people, you are nice to people, right? You don't deceive anybody, you give people more than what they expect from you. Now that the service is over, I'm going to interview the vice president of the mosque, Muhammad Dastager, about his thoughts about conversion to Islam. So what would you say to someone thinking like about converting to Islam? Interesting person to probably ask that because half my family is actually Catholic and then half my family is Muslim. Uh-huh. So my I'm half Portuguese, so my mom's whole family is Catholic. My mom um, is Muslim. She reverted to Islam. Uh, my wife is actually South Korean. She also is was Catholic and her, you know, so all my in-laws and family's Catholic. I mean, the, the thing that I was brought up with in my, from my parents from the very beginning was to just, you know, read a lot. If you just start to read the Quran and then you read the Bible and you start reading the Torah, if you read all three, you're going to find so many similarities, but, uh, you know, between them. Um, and then what's interesting is I think, you know, we believe that ultimately God is the one who guides us, right? So it's like, you know, you can do, you can read as much as you want, but ultimately God is going to guide you. So if you have the true, if you have a true conviction of trying to find the truth or find the reality, God's going to help you find that. He talked about how searching for a religion and reading different scriptures helps you find yourself. You know, there's, there's things that are going to happen to you in life that are going to help kind of set you up and you have to know how to react to them. One of them is, is I think firmly just trying to figure out like who you are and what are you trying and where are you trying to go to. If you read the different scriptures, that really will help you better understand, I think, one, yourself, two, history, uh, and then three, really around finding yourself. So it's like about yourself, but then it's finding yourself. I believe that there's, you know, you do, you, if you do good, you're rewarded for good. If you do bad, you may not. You may not, it may not hit you in this life, karma, but it's going to get you after that, right? So that's just, I mean, I boil it down to that. So what made you choose Islam? It wasn't because I was born into a Muslim or a half Muslim family and a half Catholic family. There was two main reasons. One of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons is just because there's a, you don't have to have an intermediary or intercessor with your connection with God. You can just talk to God. And then the second thing is, is that, um, I found it so powerful that on one of the pillars, which is, you know, um, praying five times a day, which is pretty much one of the most important ones. When you pray five times a day, you basically, you, you wash up, it's called ablution or wudu. And by doing that, it's just, you know, washing your hands, washing your face and um, uh, uh, three times, a day, uh, th three times each. When I, what I found so powerful about that was, is that I knew as a human being, no one's perfect and you're always going to be making mistakes. And so, understanding that and then knowing that you have this awesome like hey it's like playing a video game it's like hey i can get an extra life i just need to pray five times a day and, and make so to me it was like this is awesome because i know i'm not perfect i know i'm going to make mistakes but i have the ability where god is so merciful that i if i just pray if i make wudu properly and i pray technically i'm going to wake up with a clean slate and i'm going to go to bed with a clean slate 
This conversation really fascinated me. I was able to draw lines between what Mr. Dastagir said and what the Imam said. They both spoke about religion as a means of guiding yourself and finding your truth. I had always looked at religion as a way of schooling yourself and being a good person to others. I never thought about religion as a way of truly understanding yourself. Now, we're going to learn about Thomas Kelly's experience when he converted to Islam. It's Gabrielle. Um, I am currently on my way to Thomas Kelly's house to interview him. I am super excited. Oh my gosh, Thomas! Hello, hello. Thomas Kelly grew up in Western Massachusetts as an Irish Catholic, and he attended Catholic school throughout his life. After serving in the Army during the Vietnam War, he received his master's at the University of Chicago and ended up working in Boston. While working in Boston, he'd go to the library to get running books because he's an avid runner. And for some reason, he once decided to find and read the Quran. I realized I hadn't ever read the Quran mm-hmm. for no particular reason why that came to me. But so I put it in the thing to find it and it said they didn't have any. I probably just spelled it wrong. Anyways, because <laughs> maybe a month or two later, after I thought I read all the writing books, I thought I'd look for it again. And maybe that time I spelled it right because they had about 20 of them. He later called the mosque in Quincy and the man in charge there gave him another book to read. And he went back to ask simple questions about it. After researching and realizing Islam would be beneficial to him, he converted. At the time, he was about 40 years old. Islam, they have something called Shahada, which means you testify it's the truth or some kind of, if you translate the Arabic. And since you don't know Arabic, even if it's not true, you'll believe it. But uh, anyways, so you, do, you, know, you repeat after him a little bit, and then you're in. His family didn't really care and accepted him. Anyway, she would say, like, since you're going to be up at 5, you can put the turkey in the oven or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was as much. And even though probably I didn't have to get up then, I would just do it because it was easier than explaining anything. Uh-huh. But nobody seemed to care too much. Uh, That's good. You know, it was no big deal, I don't think. So, you have converted, and now, how were you perceived by the Muslim community, the Ummah? Oh, oh, fancy word. I know my words. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's sort of weird, because there aren't a lot of blue-eyed Muslims. So, yeah, they're all extra, especially when, you know, in the beginning, when they don't know you, they're all extra friendly, you know, they're, like, glad to see you. Uh... He explained that it's hard to get the hang of all of the processes and memorize all the prayers. With practice, he was able to pick up some Arabic. So on the wall of my house, uh-huh. I stuck the parts you say, because some parts you do standing up, some parts you do down. So uh-huh. I stuck on the wall the parts you do up and on the floor the parts you do down. How did Islam change your life? Oh, I think like one of the biggest parts is the no drinking and no socializing, that part. So all your friends that you used to hang out in bars with, you don't hang out in bars with anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a way, you're healthier. Your life is a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, I met a lot of nice people. Uh, and, you know, like if I had always been Muslim, who knows what I would be. Instead of a guy who always just fooled around and did whatever you do. Uh-huh. Nothing. So it gave you, like, guidance, you yeah. would say. He completely transformed his life. Ten years later, he was introduced to Huda in his hometown of West Springfield. She's from Lebanon. They got married a month later and soon had Hazim, my friend. 
He's very happy. Before COVID, they'd go to the mosque every Friday. They've even been to Mecca, fulfilling one of the five pillars. I was so happy to have this conversation with Thomas. Today, we learned the basics of Sunni Islam. We got a general understanding of the five pillars and the Prophet Muhammad. I learned what going to a mosque is like and some of Muslims' fundamentals like kindness, peace, cleanliness, and honesty to Allah and respect to Allah. I definitely want to research Islam more because I really liked it. But most importantly, I think I've learned today that religion doesn't only have to do with bowing to a higher power, which I always thought it was. It's about finding yourself and what's right for you and for your health. Do what you love and what you think is right and don't listen to others except your conscience, just as Thomas and Mr. Dastagir did. Islam, within the span of this podcast, allowed me to understand that and I hope that it made you see that too. I think that it really shows how deep-rooted Islam is in love of not only Allah, but oneself.